Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Subscribe at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. As a subscriber, you'll get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. Sound good to you? Go to TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. That's TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by VCR Now. Are you looking for an opportunity to captivate and enhance the experience of those who visit your stadium, arena, house of worship, or business? VCR Now can help you achieve that goal with a total experience. VCR Now is a technology organization that can fulfill your LED, audio, video, lighting, networking, security, and infrastructure dreams. Visit VCRNow.com to learn more. Watch Texas Football Today live every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. And get involved in the conversation using the hashtag TFToday. Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it's Texas Football Today, a program on the internet. My name's Greg Tepper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, TexasFootball.com corresponding website thank you for spending part of your day with us whether you're watching us live texasfootball.com facebook youtube twitch twitter all of the places or you listen to us in the podcast which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice either way thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show i'm sitting here sitting over there at the helm today making us sound good she's the duchess of the dorks she was on the watch along last night i was hi friends she's ashley pickle i i have something in my eye <laughs> And it's if I if I am blinking uncontrollably at one point, it's that I can't get it out. Should I just do the whole show holding the microphone like this? No, I won't. Today is Friday, September twenty. Oh, you took the stand. I didn't realize you took the stand completely off of it. I don't put it on the XL. Oh, that was loud. You're loud. September twenty third at twenty twenty two sixty two days until Thanksgiving. Happy bo- birthday to Happy Born Day. Happy Born Day <laughs> to Ashley Pickle. Oh, our no, no um, just no. <laughs> I kind of flew past that. Our uh, our old intern Ryan, who mm-hmm. is now working some at the ticket. It's his birthday oh, cool. today. Happy birthday, Ryan! I think name? that's cool. Uh, Baldwin. Oh, cool. I think it's dope that he's working at the ticket. Good for him. Happy birthday, also to um. No, oh, I don't know. Who's somebody? I'm rolling through here. Oh, Jason Alexander. Happy birthday, Jason Alexander. He's uh, George Costanza. Ah, okay. It's episode 1,463. On today's show, folks, friends, amigos, compatriots, we're going to announce the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week. Then the Dairy Max Bill Pie Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Week. we got one more thing to do. Then. then. And then we got the Taki. The Taki Sustainability the ta- the Champion. Taki. Thank you. Uh, and then it's going to be Helpful Honda Mailback Friday. So if we've got, if you've got questions about high school football, if you've got questions about college football, if you've got questions about recruiting, if you've got questions about lifestyle, if you've got questions about romance, if you've got questions about travel, if you've got questions about birthday champagne, get in the comments. That, Facebook, that's YouTube, out of both Twitch. of our... That, we got to bring Amanda Facebook, back in Facebook, YouTube, that. and Twitch. Get your comments in and we will answer as many as we can up until we have to go. So... Uh, get those comments in. But first, do we have first four through the door? We sure do. It was Tony Blaylock, just Chad, uh, Tanner Solis, and Daniel Agnew. Welcome in, fellas. Hello, friends. Thank you for spending a little bit of your day with us. Pickle, can we talk a little bit about the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week? We sure can. 
because Dave Campbell's Texas Football the leading publication for all things football in the state of Texas and the Tax Act Texas Bowl are proud to recognize the most outstanding high school football player in the state each week with the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week Award. Each week, the DCTF staff nominates 10 candidates for that week's award. Based on the previous week's on-field performance, we then leave it up to you to vote at texasfootball.com. Voting closes each Friday at noon, with the winner being announced shortly thereafter. Can you check your watch and tell me if it's actually shortly thereafter? It is, in fact, shortly thereafter. The Week 4 Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week is... Boom. Bang! Dumas athlete Emmanuel Ibanez, who went bonkers last week. 185 yards and four touchdowns passing, 132 yards, two touchdowns rushing, an interception return for a touchdown, and he averaged 43 yards per punt. Congratulations to all the nominees. Silsby wide receiver Draylon Miller, Mineola running back and linebacker Dawson Pendergrass, ARP quarterback Frank Smith, Mount Vernon running back Mackenzie McGill, New Braunfels Canyon wide receiver Xavion Noland, Ingleside wide receiver Jaden Smith, El Paso Franklin wide receiver and defensive back Bo Sparks, DeSoto quarterback DJ Bailey, and San Antonio Davenport running back Shaston Golden, but a very special congratulations to the Week 4 Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week. Emmanuel Abanez, the athlete from Dumas High School. Congratulations, young man. Okay, Pickle. That's one award. That is. Another award. Ready? Mm-hmm. Derry Max and Dave Campbell's Texas Football are proud to team up this year to honor excellence in coaching and the hard work that assistant coaches put in on behalf of their teams. Each week, the Dave Campbell's Texas Football staff nominates four deserving assistant coaches for the Derry Max Built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Week and let fans decide on the winner via a Twitter poll. It all leads up to the Derry Max Built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Year decided at season's end. Without further ado, your week four Dairy Backs Built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Week is... And boom! Bang! Dripping Springs Offensive Coordinator Al Pena. Quarterback Austin Novosad and the Tigers attack. Put on a show in their first ever district game in Class 6A. Rolling past Austin High, 77 to nothing. Congratulations to all the nominees. Santo Defensive Quarterback, or de- Defensive Coordinator, rather, Nick Pike. Laredo LBJ Defensive Coordinator Luis Loriano. And Midlothian Offensive Coordinator Mike Crumbaker. But a very special congratulations to the Week 4 Dairy Max, built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Week, Dripping Springs Offensive Coordinator Al Pena. Congratulations, Coach. All right, you want to talk about Takis? There is one more award. Talk about this. Takis is the presenting sponsor of the Sustainability Champions Award, spotlighting influential kids looking to pursue a career focused on the social, environmental, and economic well-being of our future. This week's Spotlight Game features the Keller Indians and the Keller Central Chargers, where we will be spotlighting two Sustainable Champions Awards. For Keller High, it's Madison Fox, and for Central High, it's Carson Brown. Thank you to Takis for your support of the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Sustainability Champions Award. For more information, visit texasfootball.com. Let's pay one more bill, and then we'll get to help a Honda Mailback Friday. Here's a word from our friends of ECR Now. Born and bred in Texas hits a little different, as it should. Texas loves doing business with fellow Texans. VCR Now takes its Texas roots as seriously as its many partnerships with schools and universities around the state. It's also why we're so proud to promote our brand in the pages of the Texas Bible, Dave Campbell's Texas Football, and on the airwaves of Texas Football Today. Driven by producing quality broadcast video, state-of-the-art audio, and LED video scoreboards at affordable prices, VCR Now makes sure to listen to your needs 
in its athletic department before recommending the next best steps. Building great products is our business, and it's our focus on building meaningful long-term partnerships with our clients that sets us apart. From our 24-7, 365-day help desk, the training lab in our hometown of Red Oak, or our sports marketing business plan that puts money back in the hands of our athletic departments we support, VCR Now is built to last. Reach out to us today at info at vcrnow.com or by calling 855-GO-VCR-NOW. Again, that's info at vcrnow.com or by calling 855-GO-VCR-NOW. Every high school athlete wants to play on the big stage and every parent wants their child to be the best, but is making your target list of schools based on top 25 rankings really the best strategy? What about academics, location, coaching style, financial aid? There's so many factors that should be considered when selecting a college program outside of on-field performance. Our friends at Athletes to Athletes have put together a recruiting guide centered around providing a broader, more holistic perspective about what your college experience could be. It's got checklists, do's and don'ts, key strategies, much more. It's a 22-page guide that covers everything you and your family should know as you walk through your college recruiting journey. And now, for a limited time only, Athletes to Athletes is offering this guide for free to our audience. Go to athletestoathletes.com slash Campbell today. Download the free college recruiting guide. That's athletes, athletes.com athletes athletes.com slash Dave Campbell. Or scan that QR code. Pickle, it's that time. It's time for... Pickle, it's that time. It's time for Helpful Honda Mailback Friday. The North Texas Honda Dealers want to help you score some great deals on award-winning Hondas. You can stop by your Helpful Honda Dealer today or visit ntxhondadealers.com to learn more. Love you, Honda. Love you, Honda. Maybe I'll say it, and maybe the step always is like, "Hey Honda, if you want to give me a car, I'll take it." Maybe if I start saying it, they'll give me a car. That would be that would be funny because then I could look at Step and drive away going. I love you most, Honda. <laughs> anyway, it's helpful Honda Mailback Friday. Get your questions in about high school football, college football, recruiting, lifestyle, romance, travel, anything you got. We can go until about twelve forty today uh, to answer some of your questions. But first, let's talk a little bit about last night. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about your watch along. It was so much uh, the fun. watch along uh, live on uh, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch, uh, featuring Klein Kane and Tom Ball Memorial. An impressive win for Klein Kane. Mm-hmm. They looked the part. They looked they were the number twenty one team in the state coming in, and they looked very very good, uh, especially early in the game. Tom Memorial kind of got their wheels on just too late in that game. Yeah, we were very excited that they came out in the second half and looked like there was mm-hmm. at least a little bit of juice because that could have. We were looking at it after the first quarter, going. It's going to be 63 enough. We're literally going to be sitting here talking about a blowout. <laughs> right, exactly. So it ended up being a pretty decent game. But yeah, Klein King gets the win. How was the watch along? It was you, Ish, Mallory, and then our friend Mike Roach from 247, and who's their hawk in his book, and yeah. Mount Pleasant head coach Joe Cluley. It was fantastic. Uh, it is, it's always great to have Mike Roach in studio. Coach Cluley was exceptional. Like that guy, when someone mentioned that in the watch along, they're like, uh, the two of them need their own podcast. Like yeah. Roach and Cluley could absolutely have their, they could call it like the beard game or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, Coach Cluley is fantastic. Getting, I love that I always get big enjoyment out of hearing a defensive coach come in and mm-hmm. see the ball because I would say that I tend to focus a little bit more on offenses than I do defenses. So mm-hmm. getting that reaction, and every normal fan does because that's what's exciting. That's yeah. what you get to see. You the ball. Exactly. Um, but to hear a legit defensive mind come in and start talking about that, it was, it really was it was really fun um Mallory 
I was pumped up that Mallory was there because she had some really good questions that I wouldn't have thought about. Um, so yeah, it it went really well. We had a yeah. good time. It was a it was a good time. So thanks I, to everyone I, who watched. I got to watch. I got Alfredo's. Um, I got to watch and and I enjoyed watching. It's the first one I've ever been to watch because I've been on all, I've mm-hmm. been on all of them. But we're trying to cycle the the staff through. Our plan right now, I can tell you, our plan right now is to do another one in two weeks. Mm-hmm. We'll have more information on that later, and then probably do one of the playoffs too. So we'll have uh, three. Uh, watch alongs throughout the course of the year yeah so. mallory said she had so much fun last night that we're both just gonna sit back here and like help kind of troubleshoot for the next one because okay. it's it's fun good. yeah because so. craven's called iso for the second one he's got to be on it. yes um and i'm gonna be on it too i'm not missing another one yeah so anyway so that was good last night the big game of the night was down in far and our own Matt step was there for it for mm-hmm. PSJA North and Edinburgh Vela and PSJA North gets a 28 21 win to take command of that district and to probably stake their claim as the best team in the Valley. Mm-hmm. Um, I made the comment on Twitter and I'm, I'm willing to back it up again. I think that's the first of two meetings because I think they're going to see each other again in a regional final. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that that was and, – and the thing about PSJ North is that they won by dominating up front, by winning the last scrimmage. We t- I talked about it in my picks video about how the big key for PSJ North was going to be a couple big plays from Alejandro Aparicio. Sounds like he was very good last night. Mm-hmm. And their offensive line has to take advantage of a smallish defense from Edinburgh Vela, and they did that. So um, great win for PSJ North. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you – I'll tell you, I like I don't know. I think I think this is the year a Valley team can make a run. I think we thought it might be Vela, and and the other here's the other thing about this. And I'll just throw this out there. Mm-hmm. I want to talk with Step and, and get get. Uh, so uh, I have. Okay. I call. Yeah, we okay. Step and I talked this morning, and there were two things that he said, and this bodes really well for the regional final if they're able to make it there. One, he completely agreed. He said the difference in that game was the offensive line for PSJ North. So mm-hmm. you called that one. That's exactly what ended up winning them the game. But what he said that the coaches were talking about afterwards is he thinks that really what happened when it came to the Vela side of things is that they have just mauled everyone that they've played. They have never had to be in that situation mm-hmm. where when you go into the fourth quarter, you're down and you have to fight your way back up. So he said that he thinks that they all said that it was just a shock for them of not knowing how to keep your head up and keep going or how to play down. They look frazzled. So how that bodes well for the regional final if they play, Bella's not going to make that mistake again. And I think it's, that it'll it, be very interesting to see how that plays out at that point because I think it would be the ultimate competitive game and would still be super close. It's a young Vela team. Yes. It's a veteran PSGA North team. That was a veteran win last night. It's a young Vela team. How well they go from here is going to be telling. The other thing about this, I wonder how much gamesmanship there was in this for these two coaches do they unload the bag in this game, mm-hmm. knowing full well that you may see them again? Did they hold something back? That's going to be very interesting to keep an eye on. Anyway, that was the big result from last night. I also want to make sure we give a shout-out. Did you see San Antonio Sotomayor won? Oh, no. San Antonio Sotomayor got a win last night, I believe, over Holmes, and it is their first-ever victory in program history. So congratulations to San Antonio Sotomayor on their big win. Uh, there was another one real fast to get into uh, that was Crazy Town Banana Pants, as you would say. Uh, Morton Ranch. Yes. Winning, I think it was 77-63 to 63, um, over Cinco. The wild game. Unbelievable. And big. that one has big implications so, for the playoffs. So the reason that has major implications is that – so Cinco has already beaten Tompkins. Mm-hmm. And that was a pretty big upset last week. Now, Morton Ranch goes out there and beats Cinco, mm-hmm. okay? 
if Morton Ranch makes the playoff, Morton Ranch is the smallest team in District 196A. Mm-hmm. They're the smallest team. If they make the playoffs, the possibility of the possibility, especially like if, for example, if Peyto and Morton Ranch make the playoffs, Katie goes D1. The possibility of Katie going to the Division One bracket uh, increases exponentially, mm-hmm. and at that point, then it's everyone piling in the Division One bracket. We had this like in 2018 or something like that. Yeah, everyone piled in the Division One bracket. Mm-hmm. It's just like a just a chainsaw factory. Well, because yeah, we have people and, saying who would be the favorites in three and four. Well, hang on, I guess that's in 6AD2. But in that one, I think that Lake Travis and Westlake are almost guaranteed to both go D1. They are. They are. So. Like, because, uh, I believe, Del Valley. Mm-hmm. Because Del Valley is the team that could bump Westlake down. Um, and they're, Del Valley's down bad. Mm-hmm. And so, at that point, you're talking about Westlake and Lake Travis in Region 4. Mm-hmm. You're talking about North Shore, Atascacita, and Katie. <laughs> And in Region 3. any number of other big headliners there from the Houston area in in Region 3. You're talking about everyone piles into the pool there in, in, in Division 1. Mm-hmm. And on that right side of the bracket in Division 2, suddenly you're like... Um, I We talked about it on WTF yesterday. Now, I think Dripping Springs will have something to say about Region 4 because they're in 26-6A. Mm-hmm. But what about a team like Harlingen? Mm-hmm. I, I think other than Drip, they would be because I, I I don't I can't figure out the pulse on Vandegrift, but I think maybe it's Vandegrift. Maybe I think Harlingen. Harlingen. Maybe it's Dripping Springs. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's um, oh Maynor. Well, Maynard's in Region Three. Three. Yeah. Um, which I think they would be the favorite then in Region Three. Maybe I mean you know there's there's like last year you remember like it could be like Umble Summer Creek mm-hmm. or someone like that. So there's a lot of different possibilities there. And if Katie goes D one, chaos. Then it is really. Like, not only does Division One become this just, like I said, chainsaw factory, mm-hmm. but also you're talking about a, a vacuum mm-hmm. in Region in region, two, uh, region 3, Region 4, Division 2 bracket in 6A, and that could be huge implications. Anyway, that was a big result last night. Pickle, do we have any questions from the people? I want to hear from the people. We sure do. Um, let's go with, is Erie and County having a game tonight? If not, or oh. who are they playing? Do we know? Erie and County? What an odd question. I have Erie County playing Rotan. Now, Rotan's had a weird year, and I, I'm not sure if they're consistently fielding a team. Let me see this. Um, I've got them listed as playing Rotan. But let me see according to Twitter. Yeah, I, I, I've got them playing Rotan tonight, so we'll see if Rotan's out there playing a game. But yeah, for now, it's Erie County and Rotan. I hope that answers your question. Uh-huh. That Erie County. All right, let's go with thoughts on... We're, we're, a, ske- we're a scheduled podcast. You just asked me, like, what time's the Westlake game kickoff? Oh. 7.30. <laughs> com. I did get a phone call one time from an elderly lady asking me, um, like, a question on what time the game started. And I, I was like, it. oh, ma'am, okay, hang on. I love, um, I love people That being said, the elderly woman is allowed to do that. Do not start calling me or emailing me asking what time games are. I will not answer you. Um... Let's see. What We'll go with college question real fast. What's the likelihood that we see Quinn play this weekend for Texas? He's making the trip. I do know that. Low. Yeah. I think it's low. Because you don't want him to play before Oklahoma. I think he is there as an emergency quarterback, which is strange because I think he's there as an emergency quarterback, which is strange because I would expect. Now, maybe they just don't want to get out of their, their rhythm, but you know who I think their emergency quarterback should be? 
Hmm. Rashawn Johnson. Yep. Who was a star quarterback at Port Nature's Groves. Yep. Now, I'm not Steve Sarkeesian. Steve Sarkeesian's forgotten more about football than I'll ever know. But I just think that that's a little bit odd. And so I think the chance that Quinn Ewers plays this week is pretty low. Um, if I think something would have had to go wrong for that to happen. And maybe, look, it may be the situation where, I mean, look, because Hudson Card played that entire game last week, mm-hmm. right, against UTSA. Looked okay. I thought he looked okay. Yeah, he was still, he was hurting, but he, he was, was playing through it. I think if he gets hurt, maybe they just don't have a ton of faith in Charles Wright. Yeah. Right? That may be That it. seems like what if it he gets has hurt, to be. We don't want to go to Charles Wright. We'd rather have Quinn Ewers at... 80% or 70% or whatever he's at than, than a full-strength Charles Wright. Right. That might be the situation. But Malik Murphy's also on the, on the, on the, mm-hmm. on the roster, so I don't really know what they're For me, it, when you start getting into, oh, I'd rather have him at 80% than 100, for, for seeing a player that legitimately has really not played more than, what, maybe 15 snaps in yeah. the past two seasons, because he didn't play his high school season, his mm-hmm. senior year, he didn't play last year you know it's like i just i worry at that point like just just hold him off <laughs> yeah i i agree but i you know they're gonna he's gonna travel and he's gonna dress so we'll see anyway what's next Pickle? um what are the chances of DeSoto beating Waxahachie tonight? Uh, fairly good. Yeah. Um, I think they're the favorite in this one. Um, now Waxahachie's four and zero for a reason, mm-hmm. but I think that this game being at DeSoto is a big advantage for DeSoto. Yes. I think that they are a team that, um, you know, at home has been has been very strong, uh, recently. I also think that the way that they're playing, um, right now is, you know, DJ Bailey, I think, is in his bag. He's mm-hmm. playing very well. You know, distribute the ball out to him. Now, I will say this about them. I don't know that we know a ton-ton about DeSoto. Because mm-hmm. their wins this year are over a team from New Orleans mm-hmm. in Oregon. Um, and then they beat South Oak Cliff, which mm-hmm. is a good win, but they're also this is DeSoto is like a, a big six A. They got an enrollment of twenty twenty eight hundred. Oh yeah. Right? So being a five A division two, okay. Um and then Dallas Skyline who's down bad. Mm-hmm. That's their wins this year. Waxahachie will be, in my estimation, the best comparable team that they've played. Mm-hmm. Right? Now I don't know a ton about the St. Francis Academy out of Maryland that they lost to by forty. Yeah. But like I would say that this is a Waxahachie team that their offense has been playing particularly well, and a lot of it's going to come down to can that defense continue to stand up and do what they've done? Because the other thing about Waxahachie, we don't is that, really have a good beat on no. them either. Like I will their say, their opponents, their opponents are combined two and fourteen, six, fourteen on. Yeah, Ennis. I, I think Ennis is down bad. I don't think Grand Prairie is anything special, and I think that Cedar Hill is down real bad. Mm-hmm. But I mean, still, I think those were some garbage time points to to really go out there and do fifty one to twenty one against Cedar Hill. I feel like. 51-7. Yeah, I feel like that's enough to say, okay, this one should be close. Like, oh, there, it so. shouldn't be a blowout by any stretch. No, I think it's going to be close, and there's a lot of... There's, this is going to get chippy. There's a lot of bad mm-hmm. blood between these two teams. Really good secondaries yeah. on both teams. So, this will be a really fun matchup here. I like DeSoto, especially at home, but if this game were in Waxhatchee, it might be different, but I do like DeSoto. What's next, Mademoiselle Pickle? Let's talk about a game live on Texan Live. Live <laughs> on TexanLive.com. <laughs> Barbers Hill and LaPorte. 
Yeah. Barbers Hill coming off of a really nice win last week. Um, and uh, they, they got a great win last week over Crosby, which might have flown under your radar, but it was a 28-27, nice upset win to move to 2-0 in district. Uh, taking on a Laporte team that is 3-1 on the year and has been very, very strong, I think specifically offensively. Their offense has really taken flight since that week one loss to Deer Park. And remember, that's a 6A you know, that, that they lost to. And it's a 5-0 6A, by the way. Deer Park's now 5-0. They won last night. This is a critical matchup, I think, in District 8-5A Division One, as far as just sorting things out, where these teams are going to land. Um, because I do think when you take a look at this district, the top, I think there's, I think, frankly, there's five spots for four teams, right? Port Arthur Memorial, Barbers Hill, Laporte, Kingwood Park, and then Crosby. I think there's five spots for mm-hmm. four teams. Maybe Baytown Lee gets in the mix. I don't know. they got to figure out their defense in a lot of ways. But as far as this game tonight is concerned... I look at Laporte and I need to I want to see exactly where that offense lands against a team that can punch back because like they've put up some big numbers against teams that I don't think can have a ton of punch back. Barbara Hill is going to have uh, that ability to punch back. Uh, and furthermore, um, I do think that this is a Barbers Hill offense that is starting to figure things out. Um, offensively, uh, their uh, uh, you know uh, C- Cody Fuentes, their quarterback, was spectacular last week. Mm-hmm. Really, really strong last week. Can he put on another big show uh, here in another critical district game? Yep. I lean towards the close game. I lean towards Barbers Hill. Um, I think that that offense right now is really cooking, and if they if they you know if they're able to continue that, then I think that they're going to be the 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 favorite here. But I do think that this is a close matchup, and obviously a really important game in the shape of that district. What's next, Pickle? Um, well, and I have like this crowd of fighting Ishmael Johnsons coming after me. Yes, Maynard is in Region Four. I said re- Region Three. You were correct. It is in Region Four. No, they're, uh, they're twenty five. Yeah, no, they're Region One. <laughs> Um, Come at me, at Tepper on Twitter. <laughs> um, let's see. So is Galveston Bulls 4-0 record surprising? Um, <laughs> how are they looking in 5 I'm really glad someone talked about, finally, finally a team I want to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> well, I want to talk about all the teams. They're but. in the Houston, like, like, let's take a look at where they're okay. at here. They're in the Houston ISD, so I don't think them being... So here's Good is surprising, but they, they have only allowed one score. So that might so, be a little surprising. So here's the thing. Gal Ball is, Gal Ball is my f- most fascinating team in Texas right now. Okay, they're fascinating because they're four zero, and they're they're. I'm going to tell you this. You heard it here first. Galveston Ball is going ten and zero. Galveston Ball is going ten and zero. Yes, they've played their toughest games already. Mm-hmm. Like their toughest game was probably that week two matchup against at Texas, Texas City, City, and they won seven nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. I don't know how good Galveston Ball is, but they are now in the Fort Ben Marshall spot. Mm-hmm. You remember Fort Ben Marshall used to be in a district where nobody could challenge them. Mm-hmm. They would just roll through them. They're in that Houston ISD district where they're just going to mow down people. Okay, This week, or rather they're on an open date, then they play Houston Sharpstown. Okay? Sharpstown's 2-2. Two and two. Uh, The computer, I'll just tell you right now, the computer has them as like eight touchdown favorites, Mm -hmm. okay? Like, large, large favorites. They're going to be favored in every game pretty significantly in every rest of their games. Excuse me. Now, how good are they? I'm not sure. I do think the fact that they're they're winning with defense is Yeah, they've only given up seven points on the entire year in four games. I went back and I watched it because I was so fascinated. 
uh, there's a stream of their opener against Lamarck, mm-hmm. Lamarck and and Galball, and they won that game 49-7. Right? They gave up a touchdown in like the final minute of the first half. Okay, it's a passing touchdown, nice play, like 33-yard touchdown pass. That's it. That's all the points they've given up this year. And you know what? Not going to be a ton more points scored on them. Mm-mm. Okay. Now. What you've got to worry about is that what Fortin Marshall ran into last year, because Fortin Marshall ran into the dreaded ten and one, because they are. Let me make sure I pull this up. Let me see if I can. Let me see if I can be smart about this. So they are going to. Um, they're you know, they're they're obviously there in in five A division two. Uh, they are a team that I think right now. Let me see. Let me see what our playoff projections would would be. Let me see. Where are you? Go. That's not you. Five eight if you want. I mean, um, our playoff projections. What you what you what you run into is like, for example, you know who they might see in the first round, Manville. Mm-hmm. And Manville, say what you want about them, right? Off to a bit of a slow start. That's going to be the best team they've seen for at least two and a half months. And I was going to say when you when you get to your eleventh game of the season mm-hmm. and you have not mm-hmm. faced anyone, it's the same thing we talked about with Edinburgh Vela earlier is the fact that they didn't know how to play from being down because they just keep destroying everyone so it's a completely different game at that point it really is and so i like galveston ball a lot and i think that i think there's a chance they really are for real but i'm not sure we're going to know it's one of those teams that unfortunately we're not going to know if we're wrong until it's too late do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like the next big game they play is going to be their first round playoff matchup and that's going to be the biggest game of their season what's next pickle um. Okay. <laughs> We've had this conversation a bunch, but why is North Shore not ranked number one when mm. you and Steph both have them playing in the state title game? Mm. And let's talk about how our rankings work. Mm. We build off of them each week. We set the preseason rankings and we build off of them each week. What has Westlake done mm. to merit being moved down at all? So there's a healthy conversation to be had. Mm-hmm that North Shore's resume would give them the, like, that they should bump to number one. Right. There's a, there's a reasonable argument to be made. Now, we come together, and, and this is, a, this is a, a staff decision. This is mm-hmm. a team decision. We all come together, and we, we do our rankings, and we've continued to rank Westlake number one, in large part because of inertia. Like, they've been number one. They're the three-time defending champs. They deserve that kind of, that kind of spotlight, mm-hmm. right? Um, right. But there's also, you've got to remember that in a lot of, like, especially when you get to teams that are really closely, like, um, really closely, like, uh, matched up. Like, for example, I think, do we agree? Let me ask you, Pickle. Mm-hmm. Do you agree that both Westlake and North Shore, you would qualify as elite? Yes. They are the two top teams in the state of Texas, Correct. I think, hands down. I think they are the two best teams in the state of Texas. Mm-hmm. When you get to the point where you're talking about elite versus elite, I look at styles. Mm-hmm. And I think styles make fights and things like that. Right now, I would take North Shore over Westlake. Mm-hmm. That's me. Your mileage may vary. You may think that Westlake's going to go out there and win that game. And I think you're certainly within your rights to think that. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, for now, for the rankings purposes, when you take a look at the, at the, where we started with Westlake being number one, North Shore, I think being number two to start the year, Mm -hmm. um, there's nothing that Westlake has done to lose that number one spot. Now, 
if they go out there and they struggle against Lake Travis, yes. they don't even have to lose. If they struggle against Lake Travis, then that's where the style points. When you get into elite, you have to look at style points yeah, too. It's, it's, I mean, we're talking thin margins. Mm-hmm. If we could have a one and a one A, we'd have a one and a one A right yep. now. I'll tell you that much. But for now, I think a lot of a lot of a lot of it comes down to Westlake Star of the Year number one. They've won every game. They've won every game convincingly, and they've looked pretty darn good doing it. So they haven't shown any weakness. Until they show weakness, they're probably not getting rid of that number one spot. Mm-hmm. Rankings also are fun, but... They don't mean everything. <laughs> What's next? Um, let's go with who do you see coming out of the top four from the Liberty Hill District? Lockhart mm. should be one of them. That would be District 13, 5A Division 2. In that district is Bastrop, Bastrop Cedar Creek, Kerrville Tivy, Liberty Hill, Lockhart, San Antonio Piper, and San Antonio Veterans Memorial. Fun question. Um, I think, okay, I'm going to pencil Liberty Hill into one. Is mm-hmm. that fair? Yes, can, you, can we do that? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to pencil San Antonio Veterans Memorial into the second spot. I think that they have looked pretty good. They're one. Who is their loss to? They had a loss earlier this year. It was to Taft, San Antonio Taft, which is a 6A. Mm-hmm. 6A, and it's a pretty good 6A. Yep. So uh, it's a relatively competitive loss. So I got them as two. I think Lockhart's three. Yeah. I, I don't, know. I mean... I can see Lockhart three. I think I let's put it this way. I think the next two are, are Tyvee, for the taking. Are Tyvee and and Lockhart? L- yes, in some order. Yes, in some order more, and they will play each other. Lockhart plays Tyvee uh, end of the year. That may end up being for third and fourth, mm-hmm. like seeding purposes. I do think they're better than. I think that those two teams are probably better than Bastrop. I mean, that's, here's the thing: those other three teams, it's it's tough to say, but they're all Owen. They're all over, right? Yeah. Cedar Creek is really struggling defensively. Mm-hmm. Uh, Piper, in their first varsity season, is really struggling offensively. And then Bastrop's off to a really tough start because they can't stop anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say that those are pretty clearly the top four. Right now, sports gun to my head, I'd go Liberty Hill, Veterans Memorial, Tyvee, and then Lockhart. But I would see, and I would switch the other two. I think Lockhart's better than. I think that's fine. I think that's a really close matchup. I think that I think Liberty Hill and Vets are pretty clearly head and shoulders above one Mm -hmm. another. Those other two, but I think that the next two, in some order, are Lockhart and Tyvee, in my opinion. What's next? Um, Does the winner, or does the rather nay, does the loser between (laughs) does the loser between Amarillo Caprock and Lubbock Coronado tonight miss the playoffs? Ah, we get to talk about one of my favorite districts. That's interesting. Yes, two five A Division one. Two five A Division one is nuts, and we 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 mentioned that even like when realignment came out, we were like, man, this is a really tightly packed district. Mm -hmm. So you're talking about you're talking about a, a district opener between Coronado and Caprock. Now Coronado's off to a, a slow start at mm-hmm. one and three. I also think they were a pretty hard luck one and three. Yeah, they're about it's it's always it's been one score game. They're basically. about three plays from being three and one. Yep. Um, I mean they got which you have to finish. Yeah, like we're not saying that, no, but no, no, you got to finish for sure. And, and but if you can start to do excuses, that, yeah. But like they they are that's a perfect example of a team that probably. Is a lot closer to two and two than they are three and one. Mm-hmm. Or I'm sorry, one and three. Um, and so, taking on a Caprock team that's three and one, coming off of uh, their first loss of the year last year or last week um, uh, to Canyon. And I know there was a play in that game that people are pretty hot and hot after that. There's a penalty that they didn't like. That's part of the game. Unfortunately, win the game on the ball, win the game on the field. What my concern about them is about Caprock 
is that that was the first time they faced a team with any sort of consistent like offense that could punch them in any sort of real way and mm-hmm. gave up 35 points to a 4A team. That's a little concerning to me. Going up against a Coronado team that I think has been, you know, the, 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 one of the things about Coronado is that I think they've played a much tougher schedule. Mm-hmm. Like they're one and four, they're one and three, but like the loss, like the loss to Wichita Falls Rider and the win over Abilene Cooper, or I'm sorry, the loss to Abilene Cooper, those two results. And then, by the way, they have a loss at Midland, mm-hmm. and Midland's better than we thought they'd be. That's a six A. I think if you are stacking up the results of these four, these uh, two teams, mm-hmm. they would certainly have the two, the top two, and certainly three of the top four yep. results. And so I look at this, and I lean towards Coronado um, to win this game tonight. Mm-hmm. Now, what does that mean in the, in the grand scheme of things? I think that means that them. The two of those programs and probably Amarillo are fighting for that third and fourth spot. Yes. I think I, I think it's I mean a lot of it Okay, like okay, are you ready to throw dirt on on, on Abilene? Like I don't know if I'm ready to throw dirt on Abilene. I don't think Abilene's defense can stop no, some of these offenses. To me it's to me it's their offense. Their offense yeah. hasn't hasn't produced at all. Um if their offense gets out of like neutral. Mm-hmm. I've been saying that a lot this week. I've been using like get their offense out of into certain gear a lot this week. <laughs> Big car guy. Big car guy. Yeah, me car talk. <laughs> <laughs> if their offense can get going, then I think Abilene's right back in that mix. But the offense has not shown anything. Yeah, that's the thing. Right now, I think I'm ready. Okay, two five A Division one. I'm ready to say Tascosa and Cooper are getting in. Yes, that's me right. Those now. those I think seem those like two a are lot. Getting in. I think it's a three way dance right now with an invite pending for Abilene to join this dance. If they can get going. Between Caprock, Amarillo, and Coronado. And mm-hmm. so I think I think whatever those whenever Caprock plays Amarillo and with Lubbock Cooper or Coronado plays Amarillo, mm-hmm. those games and then obviously you know, the all those the, the three way dance. However that shakes out, but I think if you're Coronado and you win tonight, you feel a lot better about things. Yes. If you lose tonight, yeah, whoever loses this game yeah. is going to feel like they're behind the eight ball and they're going in and they're kind of praying that like at that point they become the team that just beat them's biggest fan mm-hmm. and say, we need you to go out there and beat Amarillo yep. so that and Abilene so that what all we got to do is win our games and we can get in. That's where I'm there. So it's not over for the team who loses, but they but are the pressure's digging on. themselves a hole. Yes. Let's do two more. Um. What are your thoughts on El Campo versus Navasota tonight? Yeah, uh, another another like district showdown that kind of snuck up on people, but mm-hmm. this is a really interesting matchup. A lot of which is because Navasota, I think, is better than we thought they'd be. Yeah, I was I was kind of lukewarm on Navasota entering the year. I thought, okay, well, you know, exactly what is this team going to be? Um, but that win. Now, they beat Geronimo Navarro in the opener. Mm-hmm. How Geronimo Navarro is... I think they're down the year. this year. I think they're down, yeah. but you know, your mileage may vary. They get a good win over Madisonville on the road. Mm-hmm. They get beat by Belleville. That's happening to a lot of people yep. these days. And then they and they beat Huffman Hargrave, which I think is a better record or better game than or better win than, than people would think. This I think that they're, especially their defense has been a little bit better well like the Belleville game notwithstanding the defense has been a little bit better than I thought they'd be mm-hmm. so El Campo is interesting because El Campo loses the opener to Cuero they lose to Corpus Christi Miller they start 0-2 mm-hmm. that week two loss was bad yeah 
It was no. very bad. To lose by 20. Yeah. You shouldn't do that. Now, they go and they beat Corpus Christi Vets, and then last week they get Ruben Owens back from injury. Mm-hmm. And they hang a 50-burger on Wharton. Now, here's the funny thing. I don't think Wharton's all that good. No. My opinion. I think I think El Campo is just better than Wharton. Mm-hmm. But a 50-burger is a 50-burger. How much of it was Ruben Owens? Mm-hmm. How much of it was... Because their offense was kind of just okay for the first three games. How much of it was Ruben Owens? How much of it was the opponent? We'll find out tonight. We'll find out tonight. The computer's got it basically a pick em. Right. Um, I want to say I took El Campo. Mm-hmm. But on the road worries me. Yeah. Um, well, that's, a bit and, of a, that's a bit of a haul from El Campo to Navasota. Mm-hmm. I'm going with El Campo. I'm going to stick with them. But I, I think and it, it, for, a, for a district opener, this is a fun, fun match. Yeah, and Navasota is a pretty young team, too. So now it's kind of like figuring out, okay, how much has that like good sophomore class, especially, yes. and then a, a pretty good junior class really stepped up now that they have a couple games under their belt. I agree. Do we have an ender? Um, yes. How about, let's go way out west here, small school ball. Let's talk about uh, Panhandle and Wellington. Ah, I'm glad you mentioned this. Um, I believe, are we going to have a reporter? This we week? are. Austin Ivan will be Austin there. Austin Ivan. Her own, uh, she's getting up. She went. To, she played ball at Oklahoma State, so I always think of like that, like north as being her area. It's north in the complete opposite direction. But it's still north, Pickle. Hang with me here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Last time you go any east okay. west. <laughs> we talked about this briefly yesterday when we were doing our top ten games because I do like this game a lot. Mm-hmm. Panhandle. Panhandle is a really intriguing team that I'm. Wi- I'm almost ready to jump on board. Yeah, because it looks like they have a defense for the first That's time exactly in forever. It. The fact that they're scoring is not a surprise. Dane Ashley's sponge always puts up points, and mm-hmm. Landon Hack is... I think they had like multiple 70-point games last yes. year. Their their offense is, is humming. What is encouraging to me is it does appear that their defense is taking a step, mm-hmm. and that's encouraging. Now they're taking on a Wellington team uh, at 3-1, and one, they had their first loss of the year back in week two when they lost to Lubbock Christian, who's a good private school team. Mm-hmm. But here's the issue with Wellington for me and why I like Panhandle in this game. I think I took Panhandle in the picks. <laughs> it's a close game. <laughs> I'm taking Panhandle now, and I'll tell you why. I think that they're... I have big questions about Wellington's offense. Mm-hmm. Their offense right now is averaging something along the lines of like 22 points a game. That ain't going to work. That ain't going to yeah. work. Yeah. They had one Eight, big offensive 24, outburst. 24, 42, and 14. They had one big out- offensive outburst against Amarillo River Road, who they're just better than. Uh, it's a 2A over 3A, but still, they're just better than. But here's a team relatively within their weight class mm-hmm. with a defense that's good, but I don't think I don't think anybody's going to mistake Panhandle for some sort of defensive juggernaut. Right. All they have to do with that offense is be pretty good defensively, mm-hmm. and I think they're pretty good defensively. But if it gets there into a shootout... There are plays made there for the Skyrockets. Now, their defense has been great, mm-hmm. so that's a real strength-on-strength strength matchup of the Panhandle offense against the Wellington defense, but for me, i got to see this Wellington offense get going, mm-hmm. and this is an opportunity to get going against a defense that is... Uh, there are plays there to be made. There are plays there to be made. I like Panhandle contrary to what maybe I said in the picks I don't remember I mm-hmm. recorded that on Tuesday I scripted it on Monday I don't know as this game as this this, this week has gone on mm-hmm. I've, I've I've talked myself more and more into liking Panhandle yeah which it's is 2A Division 1 sleeper like 
I think that the Wellington offensive line is really, really good. Like, I think that's where most of their returning, like, strength came back to. But they did lose Mark Ramirez, which hurts, obviously. But the other two running backs, uh, I have their names somewhere. Uh, Barrett Phillips and... Guillermo Rincon. Apparently, Coach was saying that they're they're a pretty good one-two punch. I just don't think they've really had that explosive power. That if Panhandle was to put it in a shootout, mm-hmm. then you're just you're not gonna get it off. You're not gonna get it off fast enough. The other thing for me about this game is this is a really this is a, the last real big data point for Wellington for a while because mm-hmm. get an off week, and then they play. They play Shamrock. They kind of their their district schedule is, in my opinion, uh, uh, it's it's a it's pretty light. It's a well, it's it's not. It, it, it is, but what I think is interesting is that it's a sandwich. It's a sandwich with contender bread, okay? Because the first game is against Shamrock, and the last game's at Clarendon. Those are, in my opinion, the second and third right now where I sit, the second and third best teams in those districts. The middle part is where I think they're going to kind of roll past Memphis, Quanah, and, and, and Wheeler. So mm-hmm. that is interesting to me that I'm, I, I would be very intrigued to see this final data point before they go into district play. Because we like Wellington, obviously they started mm-hmm. the year highly ranked in our in our rankings. They, they lost that that, but I just I want to see. To me, I need to see some offense from Wellington, and I need to see it tonight. Mm-hmm. I need to see it tonight. I don't need to see it down the road. I need no. to see it tonight against a defense that I think is still relatively vulnerable. Mm-hmm. My take. Anything else? You got anything you want to tell people something? Um, we'll be on Bally Sports Southwest tonight, so yeah, tune in. Yeah, turn on Bally Sports Southwest. It's a TV channel. It's going to do for us. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And of course, see us at texasfootball.com. For Ashley Pickle, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please can get your player of the year trophy. We will see you on Monday on Texas Football Today.